20 yards out! That is a jewel from Tim Cahill has done it again! What a goal by Tim Cahill! Thompson! Five goals to Archie! Swing out, Paducah's head out from Rob Melbourne! And the league champion, Jack Laws On 11-16 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. As Elvis leaves the building, it's <laughs> Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a Wednesday night at 11pm. Thanks for joining us. Hey, and thanks to Farney on... Uh, welcome back to Farney because it's the first time we've crossed over. And of course, uh, finally we're back uh, from 7pm tomorrow. And of course, uh, Zanners and Milne uh, just before the Diego's. Always warming the audience up, uh, according to the boys, but uh, good to have see them again in the new year. Hey, boys, uh, Vinny Venezuela, you're here. Good evening, uh, Rodrigo. Yes, Hello, good listeners. To see you wearing a AC Milan. AC Milan. We top. beat Inter. Yeah. Mm. Very nice. And uh, who Warren. cares, Warren? No. Well, well, you don't care about anything after in Europe. Do you know what well, Inter is? Right. Inter. <laughs> I, th- I thought Jeez. that sort of. I don't know. That's where two roads come together, isn't it? An intersection. Yes. Right? Uh, good on you, Warren. Welcome. And uh, <laughs> Carlos Alberto, how you going? Thank God, uh, Herodis, you moved on to me because that was going nowhere that hot. But <laughs> congratulations, Vinny Venezuela. Well. AC Milan, great win. Yes. You actually made my mum really, really happy. She actually <laughs> rang me and told me, you know, AC Milan beat into Milan. I said, Mum, what are you watching? <laughs> Turning around, she's at that time where you know whatever's on TV, she's just she becomes an expert Mm. at it. Warren's mum rang him and told him that uh, (laughs) Liverpool lost to Leicester. (laughs) Anyway, hey, today's show's uh, brought to you by text messages I get from people like you that bag like me personally, like me when Liverpool ever lose, when Liverpool lose ever, it's distressing. I find it personally distressing. All right, bad luck. Okay, Premium Sport Tours are the uh, sponsors tonight uh, because nothing beats being there. If you want some tickets to a, a sporting event overseas uh, or a package, they'll do it all for you. Um, Premium Sport Tours, uh, go to 1-800-4-SPORT, 1-800-477-678 or sporttours.com.au or check their Facebook page out at facebook.com uh, slash premium sport tours. We're all on Facebook and uh, loving it, uh, Carlos. Hey, we've got a big show for you. Now we'll catch up with uh, Mike McGrath. A little bit later on from The Sun in the UK. So um, much happening over there. And he's writing article Heaps. after article, and you've got access to it. So make sure mm. you go to thesun.co.uk and search for Mike McGrath because he's uh, writing up a storm over there. And of course, we've got Warren's rant as well. We've got uh, Vinnie Venezuela's Gee, I Love This Game segment. Mm. Uh, we've got your text messages. So, what is the hot topic tonight, uh, boys? It's well, the Warren? Hot, yeah, the hot topic. Thanks, Carlos. So we did talk about this in the green room. I had it under control. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Um, John Terry is being moved on at the end of the year. I'd, he's, I think he's like to, he'd like to cloak it as retiring gracefully, but the undercurrent is that a new manager will be coming in and a bit of dead wood doesn't need to stay. Now, I mean, a cancerous dead wood. Yeah, well, that's it. Toxic it's, wood. It's a bit like that mosquito at the moment that's causing havoc. He's like, a, the world, he's like treated it? pine. He can't do situation. anything with it. <laughs> True. So even let's forget all the perhaps negative components. John Terry is a guy that's played over 500 games for Chelsea. He's led his country. He's played in multiple World Cups. At times in his career, he's probably been the premium central defender in the world. In the world? In the world. <laughs> well, he doesn't, he doesn't, a, he doesn't for, talk about Europe. Maybe for the Chelsea squad, he's been decent. But for the world? The world. Okay. The world. 
So, <laughs> is he the type of marquee player that the A-League in its second decade can absolutely start getting? Because my premise is that the next thing that needs to happen is that we need to start drawing marquees to this country similar to what the MLS is able to draw to their competition. So, is John Ker- John Terry... John Kerry. John Kerry, who <laughs> will be out of a job come November as well, because <laughs> you might be able to package him up. Um, is he the type of marquee that somebody should go after? So, In fact, so what, Chase. What do you think? Absolutely. Oh, wow. No by doubt definition, about it. By definition, he's everything that is not a marquee. He's a centre-half, uh, straight up and down, blood and guts, won't necessarily win you a game, and at his best might save you a game but not win you a game. For me, a marquee has to be a person that drags people through the the, the turnstiles. Are they still turnstiles, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Right. They're still turnstiles. Drag the people yep. through the stadiums. You've got to be able to have the... The, the guy scores goals for God. fun. The, the midfielder that creates something out of nothing. The, the, the person that, that's a maestro. The person that <laughs> is just an innovator. John Terry is just so far and, removed from being that. And it's a ridiculous <laughs> assertion that he's going, to be, he's going to be a good marquee. Rod- Rodrigo, I just want to say one thing. And Vinny as well. <laughs> he set you up for this, Warren. <laughs> I'm not coming into the green room for a pre-meeting. And taking one <laughs> for the team like this. Because you were just about to have the conversation in the green room and Carlos said, no, no, let's not have it now. No, because I knew, I, but I asked you, I didn't feed now, words I'll come back. I'll come back at you, Carlos. We are but now do you a, really believe... Absolutely. We are oh. now a mature competition. <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need beer and circuses to attract people to the game. We're about getting marquees that are going to help us win things. Win things, Carlos. Now, defences win games as much as attacks. If Melbourne City had John Terry right now... Bruno Fornaroli is not the winning weekend. games. Harry Navillo is not no, winning games. No, because in Exciting a lot of games, forward, they're not scoring for fun. They're not even marquees. European. I mean, Harry Navillo dances a disco once he scores. <laughs> What's John Terry going to do? What, the skinhead dance or something? Anyway. <laughs> That is the hot topic, 0433981116. I'm not doing it again, Rodrigo. I'm telling you now, I'm not doing this again. What do you think? Uh, should John Terry, What would you would you like to see John Terry in the A-League? 0433981116. Forget bias. Like, I have an anti-Chelsea bias, and I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk two feet outside this studio to probably meet John Terry. I mean, neither here nor there. But... In terms of being pragmatic around bringing a player that's going to do something for your team as well as promote your code. Oh, him, him promote the code? Absolutely. I think he's Are a man kidding? of moral, dubious moral <laughs> character, actually. Yeah, well, um, he'll take you on a tour of the venue. and uh, <laughs> He'll give you a license to park in the disabled spots too. <laughs> anyway, we've got a big, big Q&A coming up. Um, before we do that, um, I think uh, we want to catch up uh, on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Paul in Richmond. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the Diego's. Yeah, guys, I can't even believe there's a discussion here. John Terry would be an absolute fantastic addition to our league. We're past the stage where we have to have guys who are just really creative, flary sort of players. That sort of just amateur stuff, like a Ronaldinho is way past it. John Terry is a bloody quality player. Last year, he was the best defender in, the, in England in one of the best sides in Europe. So he's not past it at all. They've just got some good guys coming up like Zuma 
and Cahill and another young bloke they've just bought. He'd be bloody great to have down here. Not by definition the marquee player for me, though, but I like your argument there, Paul, but uh, he's not, by no means a marquee player by my definition. Well, I don't have, have any brothers he's not, either. He's not a project player. He's not here for a project. Is that what you're yeah. saying, Carlos? No, no, like I said, he's a good defender. No question about it. There's no question about the fact he can defend. He'll be able to defend for another five or six years in a league like the A-League. He he's can... a leader. And he's, he's led, he's been a bit of a legend at, at uh, Chelsea. But for me, a marquee player has to be one in the forward half. Wreaking havoc, exciting people, unlocking defences, scoring goals, creating goals, and then doing a bit of a disco dance at the end of it all. That's, that's for me. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Paul. Uh, argument well put. Uh, 9429 1116 or 0433981116. It's quarter past 11. Yes, it's uh, time for the Q&A. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. With Rodrigo Rodriguez. Thank you, Warren. Harry um, the video would be dancing right now. Oh, he would. Disco music. Whenever he scores, this is the song he hears. <laughs> on his, the inside. Uh, on the inside, Vinny. Um, all right, let's start with uh, Fahid Ben Kalfalar's send-off, of course, um, when he when he uh, viciously kicked out at uh, Shane Lowry Vicious. in the game against Perth Glory and their loss against uh, Perth Glory, of course. Uh, Melbourne Victory lost 3-2. Um, went down to 10 men after that. Uh, let's start. Who are we starting with, boys? Can because I just say... Is can... he the victim or the culprit? Well, it's probably... I think he's the victim because it was... It was I mean, he just touched him and, mm. and the guy just milked it. But if I'm going to get a red card for that, I want to have a second turn. <laughs> you want to get him. I want to go back. Yeah. If you're going to give me a red card and I've got to sort of sit it out in the next few weeks, it's going to be worth my while. I'll have more to say about this oh, in, in my rant. rant. But yes, I, will, I will say one thing that will lead on to my rant. Is he a victim? Is he a victim of, I don't know, referees wanting to make a statement around certain components or certain parts of the game. Now, if he is, that's incorrect because it's got to be judged on the individual act. But look, it was silly. And the funny thing is, and this was really pointed out on the night, Lowry was over the top of Ben Kalfalar <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. having a go at him about diving. <laughs> and then he gets tapped on the ankles and dives himself. So the hypocrisy of the guy is a joke. But can I say, I don't have a problem with the referee going to one of his officials and seeking some advice. He probably just needs to do it before he issues with issues the guy with the first card. If it's deemed to be serious enough or the third official saw something that he didn't see, that's the way they should referee. Do you know what? I think everyone's second-guessing each other at the moment in the A-League, and you've got referees. Like, with that Western City Wanderers goal that wasn't allowed because uh, the, the ref blew his whistle too soon and stuff like that, there are too many voices. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. A couple yeah. of weeks ago. There are too many voices in the ref's heads anymore. Yeah. You've got to be a bit more assertive and confident. Say, look, this is the decision I made. Maybe for some decisions, you do have to wait till, till the week after. I reckon the linesmen, they're a bit like parking attendants at the MCG. When they put on the fluorescent vest, and the equivalent of that <laughs> is the microphone that goes direct to the referee, I think a little bit of power goes to their head because you just get a sense the referee's going... Who was that? Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> Who said what? There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that sort of almost uh, you know reverberated from that moment, the kick. And for me, the worst thing about that whole incident is Ben Kalfalar kicked out. Okay, however soft it was, whatever it was, he kicked out. 
And that was the point that Kevin Muscat was making. If he hasn't, what the biggest problem I have with referees is when they pick something that's non-existent. And we've seen a couple of those non-existent penalties that, that, that completely blow your mind because it should never have happened. That. When you've got it, and as you alluded to this, Vinny, where you talked about the ref, there's so much things going through the ref. We've got a whole stable of very, very nervous referees right now. Mm. They're, they're all, you know, they know they're one mistake away from being sent out to the country the week after to do refereeing out in the country. And, uh, and so they, they are second-guessing themselves. So if there is a kick out like that and they've given a yellow card, the assistant referee, they've obviously been told when the, re- the assistant referee tells you to come over, go over. They've had a chat. This guy's now saying, okay, well, I don't want to get dropped next week. I'm going to give a red card. The guy kicked out. That was it. So if Ben Kalfala had not kicked out, this would not even be a conversation, obviously. Absolutely. So um, just on the text messages here, as, as you've alluded to, Carlos, as well, Diesel George, as Kevin said, he should have been smarter and not done it. Doing it in the car park with a tyre lever after the game is okay. <laughs> there you go. And, um, and we've got uh, Anonymous. Oh, Dan in Rye. Yep, I agree, Warren. Our crowds are mature and want to see quality players on the park. Also, I agree with argument last week, if you recall. Couldn't text last week. Jeez. What argument? I'm not I sure. I'm not so sure. Warren, you've got a fan. you got a I fan. I have so many arguments, I actually forgot what I was arguing last <laughs> week. I'm not but sure anyway. if it was related to this one. But uh, let's move on to the next one, of course, because... Um, we're talking about Melbourne City, and of course they lost a classic game on Friday. I think it was against uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, four three. It wasn't uh, classic. Well, it was. It was right at the end. It was um, when yeah, they was when good. they came back. I thought it was an excellent game. But uh, they practiced the sieve defence well, most of the game. Well, this is the question. I'm actually going to use that phrase, Warren. Um, and I notice you don't have any notes there, so you haven't <laughs> seen this. Can City win the league with the sieve defence? And of course, um, they're making some changes. Eric Pardalou's moved on, um, and uh, Alex Wilkinson looks like he's uh, signed for the club, uh, but uh, the club hasn't announced that yet. But uh, So will he... Will, can they win, Firstly, can they win the league with a, with a Civ defence? Well, they can't win the league with, with a Civ defence, right? Yeah, they could be exciting, they'll win some games like they have, but important games against really good teams like West Sydney Wanderers in the finals, they can't defend like they had. I mean, you know, at one stage, they're playing with a back three, mm with the overlapping full backs and suddenly all five of them because they're under the pump all five of them in the row and no one's marking anyone and that's they were just they were just running through uh, Nichols and, and Bridge and Castellan and Santa Lab so they were just uh, making runs through that middle like there was no one there uh, I felt felt sorry for Malik uh, yeah. who uh, <laughs> who played his first game and he was just uh, really under the pump there well, losing the Paddock is Norbo too early was yeah I don't know if he would have made much difference well, to that he, one uh, so yeah, but on the did. point about Alex Wilkinson I think that's part of the way of solving the problem uh, but I think they're still one and a half short not convinced by Hughes even though he's got great pedigree not convinced by Hughes uh, I, you know we've seen enough of Paddy over the years Paddy can't do it all himself either so I just think if they want to win the league this year they've got to find that other centre half partner to Alex Wilkinson Wilkinson will be fine I think the um, I think the remodelling of the team which has been significant over this transfer window I mean you can say they've had the financial resources to do it but the remodelling of the team, I think, probably is an acceptance from the management that they probably couldn't win it with the team that they had. Now, can you remodel in the middle of a season, you know, get those defenders in and have them perform at a level that's going to enable you to, to leak less goals because the scoring part isn't an issue? I mean, the jury's out there. Yeah, the, 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 easiest, uh, the easiest place to uh, solve a problem mid-season 
is the central part of defence. A central defender doesn't have to worry about being, you know, coordinate with, except for obviously positioning and stuff, but not like a midfield and forward. There's that understanding you need to sort of work out. Defending is more about positioning. Yeah. And really, there's there's nothing unique about some of the positioning. These guys have been doing it all their life. So it's just a matter of just getting used to playing with the other players in, the, in your back line. Uh, and then just, just, I mean, Alex Ferguson, Alex Wilkinson actually distributes the ball in a very simplistic way too. So he doesn't have to have too much understanding with ball at feet. Just let me explain, just quickly, sorry, Vinny. Uh, Pardaloo moving on, that's the question. Yeah, he's off to um, South Korea yeah. with uh, John Book. Uh, Motors, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, the where club Alex, Wilkinson. Alex Wilkinson. Yeah, Hyundai yeah. Motors. So, yeah, yeah Alex Pardaloo is off. Um, so, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Pardaloo. Yeah, yeah, Eric Pardaloo. Yeah, no, and that's. And look, I actually admired Eric Pardaloo this year because remember he went through that hard time yep. early on. He was, wasn't getting picked. And he talked about in one of these media releases uh, on the announcement of him going, talking about how it really set him back uh, when John Van Skitt came up to him and said, listen, I'm not even going to pick you in the squad. We're not, you're not even going to travel with us. And that for him was probably one of the lowest points of his career. And I think at that point, his major, you know, task was to get back in the squad, which he did, and he has been playing good football. And now he's saying, well, listen, you know, it's such a week-to-week proposition. I need to go and make sure I get the most out of the rest of my career because I think he's 29 now. And he's moved, I mean, moved to Asia. And I'm not sure whether it's on the on the list of uh, Rodrigo's Q&As, but the moves to Asia these days, whether it's China, Korea, they're super lucrative, those moves. That's why a lot of the Aussies want to go over there. Look, I think with Loophole City, they'll they'll do well with Wilkinson. He'll he will help. He's got poise, and I think Pardalu increasingly became the uh, the player they expected him to. I don't think he quite reached the heights that he did when he was at Brisbane, but um, I I don't I think they could possibly win the league. They do have to tighten up there, as Carlos mentioned. But I think the best thing about the game on the weekend was that they actually st- stuck it out mm. and and kept fighting. And I think that would give you cause to to celebrate and be confident that you can actually have much more of a presence in the final series than you had hitherto. While they keep score, while they have the ability to score the way that they do, they're never out of games. They're only, and because they can score quickly, even with multiple goal deficits, they're only mm. one goal away from getting back into any game. And that was, that was proven very much on the weekend. I thought Jameson, Scotty Jameson had a great game and I uh, kept every, you know, uh, Navio under wraps, and you could see that Navio was getting frustrated. He was combative against yeah. him, which I think mm. is the way to go. All right, so we'll come back to the Q and A, but now it's time for Warren's rant. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little. Thank you, Rodrigo, and um, we were talking about Ben Calfalar and the sending off on the weekend. I'm going to say this, and it needs to be said. The behaviour of footballers and coaches towards referees in the game of soccer is an abomination. It is a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. And players who behave the way that they do deserve punishment that is perhaps exceeding of the crime simply for behaving like idiots. And I'm not identifying Ben Kalfalar at this point. I want to say this to, to coaches. If you want to be demonstrative on the sideline, Find a, find a box at the ground and go up into the box and be demonstrative towards the officials in that spot. Don't do it on the side of the ground. The last time I checked, turning to the fourth official and complaining about a decision that's happened on the ground never changes the decision. 
if we are going to continue to have a game where the players behave so poorly in comparison to other players on the field, and you just have to use the sport of rugby union to recognise the fact that you can have a sport that's played professionally, but with some dignity and with some respect. And at the moment, not just in Australia, but worldwide, we don't have enough of that from players, coaches or other officials. That's my rant. 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Every coach is in the last year of his contract. Some just don't know it. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight. Uh, we're in the middle of a Q&A. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on in Vinnie Venezuela's G. I Love This Game segment. Your text messages, of course, on 0433981116. The hot topic tonight is, uh, would you like to see John Terry in the A-League as a marquee? 0433981116. And the overall our overwhelming response has been, yes, people do, because they're mature football what? followers. What? <laughs> where's, where's the overwhelming response? What? In your own head. <laughs> Got a couple of uh, text messages here. Marie, hi guys, go Leicester. Um, John in Port Melbourne, <laughs> kudos to Warren for turning up after a Liverpool Melbourne City loss. Usually a no show. Can I say something about that? <laughs> yeah, of course. If you have blood going through your veins <laughs> oh, yes. and even you have allegiance, a proud, long standing, long suffering allegiance like I do to Liverpool, everybody who follows the game should be barracking for Leicester for the rest of the season. It would be, and I I don't know what the equivalent of this in other competitions would be or when it's happened last. This would be the single most significant upset victory of a team oh, yeah. in the history of sports can't, can't since be I've upset, been watching. It can't be upset over over the, the length of a 30, 38 games. No, no, but in it's terms... It's not an upset, but... The, the achievement is one of the great achievements. One of the great achievements. And it may never, ever be replicated again because uh, it was a talk. We'll talk about Pep Guardiola, Man City and all that. I mean, they're set to win forever. And Man United's got to get better after this year too. Arsenal, we can talk about this later on, but Sorry. Arsenal in particular, uh, there'll be some sackings, I reckon, if, uh, if they don't. You know, well, it's the greatest that. opportunity yeah. for some of the teams that haven't won recently. But I, yeah. the other thing I will say, James Vardy, we know, I know he listens to the show. <laughs> and whoever Mr. King Power is, who's the money behind the team, James Vardy, please don't think about leaving in the summer. I know the tempter, don't do what Andy Carroll did. Don't do what Christian Benteke did. Don't leave the club that's created to this go to Liverpool <laughs> aura and go to a club that offers you more money. Please, in the spirit of football, considering you're still getting well paid and I think they're prepared to pay you beyond the record, please stay because the romance of the game hopefully is still alive and that would be romantic to see him win a title and then stay with that club and even go to the Euros, which would be fantastic for him as well. Very, very uh, interesting. We'll talk to Mike McGrath about all of that a little bit later on. But let's get back to this uh, Q&A because um, the Socceroos uh, mm. are playing a friendly uh, against England in the UK in late May. Are no, you excited? No, no such thing against England. There's, it's not know, a friendly? I, I, I'm, I'm scathing of friendlies. I'm ask you specifically, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, are scathing. you excited? I, I'm scathing of friendlies. Yes. They're toy games 
Uh, doesn't doesn't matter who's matched up. It, it could be one of these ICC games in the off season. Real Madrid, Barcelona. I don't care. They are toy games. But when it comes to Australia playing England, the Aussies are surely going to have a crack. And if the English don't, they're stupid. They'll pay for it, Carlos. Two thousand three, when we beat in three one, reverberated. London. Absolutely, certainly now in my home, it reverberated, <laughs> but not necessarily around the world. That but uh, that was that was a Harry Kuehl show that night. Yep, I remember right. it was fantastic, and it meant, means a lot to Australians. So if the English aren't up to it, aren't up for it, they're going to be a bit of a shock. And that's end of May, not too far away. Yeah, looking forward to that. I tell you what, I don't understand why there isn't like a bi biannual tournament. Not enough. It's too cluttered, the, no, the calendar. No, it's not, Carlos. It's too cluttered. It is not. And it ends up being a friendly. The cynical right? nature of some of no. your comments is unbelievable. It, there's a plenty of space. <laughs> the rivalry, Carlos. As a, as, a, as a friendly before alternative competitions, whether it be Euros, whether it be World Cup, whether it be Asian Cup. But there's a bigger rivalry than Australia-England in, in, for the British, Right. Scotland-England is the biggest rivalry of, uh, of any, you know, any of the home countries that you can get. And they stop playing that regularly because there's not enough room in the calendar. There's not enough will for it to happen these days. This, this game in May aids England because of the Euros. If there was no Euros, they wouldn't be playing that game. Carlos, you burn a football, you put the ashes in a bottle. <laughs> and you'd be amazed what the game would become in 100 It'll years' time, climb. Vinny. Things yeah. will happen, Carlos. All right, I'm looking forward to that anyway. Late May, uh, Socceroos will take on uh, England in the UK. Can we have another hot topic? What do you burn to, to make the football ashes? Do you burn, which is a football? A football. I'm thinking an old boot or something. A boot. A boot. A shirt, someone's shirt. A referee. Is there? <laughs> how about Tony Dorigo's shirt? Because he was he was, he played for England, but he should have played for Australia. One of those guys who played. Well, uh, Craig Johnson, under twenty one shirt. We, we, any shirt <laughs> of any Australian that played for England. Brad Smith played under twenty ones for them too. Get all their shirts in some big tin. Bonfire. The burning's Bom- got to be bonfire. public. It's got to yeah. be sort of an event. Yeah. I reckon just throw Prince in Philip, Carlos. Let's just <laughs> burn him and let's just fight for, for his ashes. The Governor General? <laughs> let's just burn the Governor General. No, yeah. no Or the should, Governor be... General's house. Yes. No, no, we shouldn't be uh, yeah, advocating the, uh, no, no. the setting alight of humans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you are, uh, Rodrigo, yes. to, to bring this back. <laughs> in, hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, you're right. That's yeah. very responsible. Kitties, yeah. forget, forget what we said. Yeah, that's it. That's it's right. 11.30. Um, so let's get back onto the questions. Melbourne City uh, women won the uh, oh, W yep. League Grand Final against uh, Sydney FC 4-1 in the end. Uh, what a spectacular undefeated season. Undefeated premiers and champions they yep. were. Um, will this impact the way other uh, W League clubs approach next season? They'd be stupid if they didn't you know, try and reach the same level. I mean... I know Canberra United are very, very proud girls and they've had a lot of success there and they didn't even make the grand final this year. So they'd be steaming in Canberra at the moment, Canberra United. I'm not sure whether the other clubs may have the... This is where, you know, the, the captain, Jess... Um, Fishco- Fishlock. 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 She was a... She's a she plays for... Um, Man uh, sitting. No, no, no. no well, she no. was Fishwick. She, plays, she played for Canberra. But, no, she uh, plays in the US. Yeah, but yeah. she's... I mean, they've been able to draw players from all over the world. I, look... Have the other teams got the financial resources to be able the to compete? The salary cap for girls is 150 mm-hmm. grand across the board. Yep. It's not this this whole. It's a furphy 
about um, about you know man uh, Melbourne City having all this money. They've all got the same salary cap, and I know some NPL clubs, NPL clubs who have got that budget, or just a little bit less than that. So one hundred fifty thousand a year is not insurmountable for the W League teams around, especially Melbourne Victory. Fair income. Let me get one of their sponsors just throwing in, you know, one hundred fifty grand. Just do it properly. And I hope that's what Melbourne City, the girls' team, has shown everyone. Just do it properly. We're not talking about having a $2 million salary cap. It's $150,000. Spend it all. There's plenty of good players around the world. Get yourself, do, do your homework. Get yourself a couple of good ones. I mean, uh, Kim Little, fantastic player of the game, match on the weekend. Fantastic player. The uh, Fishlock was fantastic also. And she played with a hamstring problem too. Yeah, I thought she wasn't. Yeah, Jen Beattie's another yeah. one. She's a Manchester City girl. So, and then the, the Aussie girls, uh, you know, Devana and Beatty uh, Goad. Uh, Beatty Goad, very, very good up front. The I liked one of the comments that the commentators made that said that Lisa Devana is the equivalent of Tim Kale in women's football. And she is, because apparently she was really responsible once she moved to Melbourne City in terms of encouraging and getting those girls to go to that. Competition and look for Melbourne City. I think it's obvious. I think it's a really significant achievement, and I think it's great for the game. And look, I know the crowd wasn't huge in numbers, but the way they put them in the mm. venue, it was a really good atmosphere. It was a it was a quality game. Sydney were in it right up to Melbourne City's third goal. And if there's any indication, I've got three daughters, one who plays, and they sat down and watched. Yeah, so right. that's I think yeah. something significant about mm. the game. Absolutely, just, yeah. Just a little thing, FFA, when you're doing the presentation at the end of the game, <laughs> and they had the stage faced the other way from the crowd, because they put all the crowd on one side of the ground, yep. because they wanted to make it look decent on TV, and it did, it looked decent on TV. Then they just proceeded to, to have the, uh, the trophy ceremony facing the other way from the crowd, just for TV's sake. Really? Uh, if, you know, and apparently there was booing going on because yeah, people yeah, couldn't yeah, it see was, it. Dave Gallup got uh, Dave Gallup great. got the traditional. It wasn't great. So congratulations to uh, Melbourne City. Uh, you know, first year in two trophies. Thank you very much. Uh, just on the burning of things, um, <laughs> Brett in St Albans, you burn uh, Wayne Rooney's rug. <laughs> M in Doncaster East uh, burns Sven Eriksson's old steamy office of debauchery. <laughs> That's a good one, M. Yep. Thank you. And burn, uh, we could burn his photocopier. <laughs> yeah, the photocopier. And Dan, burn Tony Palumbo's tea bags under his eyes, especially in those SBS 4am mornings back in the 90s. Uh, wow. <laughs> there you go. That's a memory there. Yeah. Okay, uh, now it's time for Vinnie Venezuela's Do I Love This Game segment. The romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotions. It's sudden death. There's only one winner. Love is a many splendid thing. It's Vinnie Venezuela's Do I Love This Game segment. <laughs> Vinny Venezuela, over to you. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Well, late. Real Madrid revamped. Zinedine Zidane, Zizi, he's there. He's cleaning up. Things are changing. 6-0 against Espanyol. There's love in the air. So they, they And they interviewed uh, Luka Modric, the uh, former Tottenham, now obviously Real Madrid uh, midfielder. And uh, he, just, he said basically um, every bit of wisdom from uh, Zidane, First team coach is is like gold dust, <laughs> gold dust. He said, and he said, this is a quote: "Every piece of advice he gives you is like gold dust, and it helps you improve on the pitch." Zinedine was an idol, one of the players I admired as a child. I think every young player admired him because he was one of the best of his generation. 
gold dust he gives me. From him, I've already already learned that um, kissing your sister cups are the best kind <laughs> and that the sacred bond between a brother and a sister is precious <laughs> to be defended at all costs. He's told me that uh, with step-over guys, it's always about the hair. <laughs> that putting a touch of glitter in your mouth before, before a sneeze adds a bit of magic to a cold and centre-backs love it. And uh, the last one, that, uh, that, the top, that the cough test can sometimes be the best part of the job. <laughs> all gold, all from Zinedine Zidane. It's Love changing. It. Things are changing. You don't confirm reports, Vinny? Unconfirmed reports. <laughs> yeah. Geez, that, would, that was an interesting direct yeah. quote too, I thought, <laughs> Venezuela. Yeah. Anything else there, Vinny? Uh, no, not no. really. I was going to talk we're, about Inter beating, uh, AC beating yeah. Inter but, uh, and yeah. Mancini just being a match band and, and spitting Zidane. We don't need to do that. Let's just throw one out there. When do you think it's going to fall apart for Zidane? <laughs> oh, it months. is Real Madrid, you know. Yeah, it is Real Madrid, but uh, it will. It, it'll end badly. It'll end badly in tears. I tell you what, those players hold a grudge too. I mean, we had another whack at Benitez by Ronaldo on the weekend. Benitez has been out of the job for about six weeks now. And uh, Ronaldo keeps on sneaking the old snide, you know, comments here in the end. And he just gives it to the media and walks out. Because Zidane lets them play and train. He just Mm. says, kiddies, go. (laughs) Be free. Whereas apparently Rafa... That's gold dust right there. Rafa would just... (laughs) interrupt them mm. always interrupting oh, yeah. them giving them advice yeah. he, he i think he got an expert uh, to speak to to uh gelled one about his his free kicks of all things oh, did he really yeah apparently the gelled one was looking too much like a matador <laughs> the stance the stance yes. didn't like that yeah mm. yep anyway is he? it was a fair goal Ronaldo's, wasn't it? Yes, he's a, he's a champ. Nine goals against that team this season, no, apparently. No. Let's take a break now because uh, we've got to catch up with uh, Mike McGrath from The Sun right after this on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Geez, I love Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho's halftime pep talks. This is the Four Diego's. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, and coming up after the Diego's, it's all night appetite with uh, Darren Parkinson. So looking forward to that. Uh, thanks for your text messages tonight, but uh, let's go. Straight to the UK and catch up with our man from the Sun in the UK, Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, now pleasure. We know you're on a train up to Manchester, so but I just want to tell our listeners that uh, they they can have access to your articles at thesun.co.uk and uh, they search for Mike McGrath. They'll get all of your gold um, dust, all of your gold dust, gold dust. Uh, that uh, we know Zinedine Zidane dishes out at uh, Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> looking forward to that. But hey, uh, we want to. We know you're off to Manchester. Um, you're not looking for Pep Guardiola, are you? <laughs> Well, yeah, we're, we're trying to get all the info we can, that, that we can on him, because obviously he's going to be here in a couple of months. Um, absolutely, you know, really exciting news this, this, uh, this week, that, he's, that we're going to have one of the best coaches in the world uh, over in England, in Manchester, and, you know, big two for the, for the Premier League. Now, Mike, it's Carlos. Now, you don't go and get... Pep Guardiola without furnishing him with some of the best players in the world because he's the best manager in the world. You're expecting big things, but you can't you can't just have you know just good players or very good players. You have to have the very very best. So Messi, Neymar, 
uh, Suarez, Ronaldo. Who are they targeting? You would know. You're going up to Manchester. They're all talking about it. Tell us who it is. Well, I mean, we, our paper has covered it extensively, and we stand by the fact that, that that City would like Lionel Messi and will will ask about it again in the summer. Um, but I think, it's like you say, they'll go for any Galactica they can. I think Messi is the top, you know, their absolute top priority. It's very difficult to get in the source. Um, but, you know, Pep Guardiola is possibly the man who could persuade him if anybody could. Uh, Mike uh, Vinny here. Apart from uh, Mrs. Pellegrini, is anyone upset about uh, <laughs> him losing his job? Um, I think he's come out of it with, in a, with his reputation intact. He, he's done it with a lot of dignity, and and and, and we, we spoke to him. We sat down and had a long conversation. Uh, the Sunday journalist to him, and he's saying that don't, you know, don't expect me to just um, go away back to Chile or to Spain. I, I fancy in the Premier League. You know, Chelsea looking for a manager. Um, if Chelsea don't want him, then they might go for another Premier League manager and, and it could create a vacancy for Pellegrini. I think he's done an absolutely exceptional job. Um, his, his image is possibly um, not what the real Pellegrini is about. I think he is a... Um, he, apparently, he is a, you know, he's very loud and charismatic in the dressing room. Um, and... You know, the, the titles he's won suggests um, you know, that he is an excellent Premier League manager. Mike, I'm just wondering, if you barrack for a team like I do that's going to spend the rest of the season in mid-table mediocrity, <laughs> surely the neutral now, except for Man City, perhaps Arsenal, everyone's got to be barracking for Leicester. Everyone has to be getting behind Leicester. I, I totally agree with that. I think I think it all comes from the manager as well. He's complete the dog. Um, you know, given that he lost to the Faroe Islands with Greece, uh, kind of dismissed by everybody, including you know, including other managers. I think I think there's you know, there's obviously a bit with Mourinho there, um, and he kind of saw him off. And I just think he has been magnificent, and it, it's kind of and his team. Kind of carried on from what Nigel Pearson did with a few tweets, some, you know, a couple of very good buys, and he he put together a great team. Um, I, I love the um, his reaction when he's asked about Tito um, Flores, who took his job at um, Atletico, uh, and you know that kind of uh, he laughed it off and kind of um, he sort of his acting, I suppose, um, by saying you know that yeah, he wants to kill him. And that kind of reaction is, you know, really refreshing. Um, and I think you're right. I think everybody's uh, everybody's reaching for them. Mike, uh, John Terry uh, announced that he'll be leaving Chelsea. He's retiring from the game, apparently, but uh, he'll probably be feeling uh, some of the offers at the MLS and maybe in China. Uh, they talk about it sort of, you know, you know, Chelsea's come out and said that he was a, he's a legend, this and that. We'd love him to stay. But it, the word is that, 
it's a politics that aren't on John Terry's side when they have been so much on his side in the past? Well, I mean, it's a new era. So the Chelsea, you know, Lampard's gone and he's first side now, John Terry. So I think they are probably looking towards towards the future with that. But I, I, I do think there's going to be a little bit of... I think it's a run-on a little bit. They've got five months to offer him something just because they turn it down so far. You know, there is the possibility that they could change their mind and that we could get something done there. Hey, Mike, uh, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, just having a bit of trouble with the line, but uh, enjoy your train trip to uh, Manchester and we'll catch up with you again next week. Okay, there's Mike McGrath from the Sun in the UK. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff happening. It, it, it actually is really interesting. Um, I'm really looking forward to what Man City's going to do. They'll they'll announce a big name that'll come, and it'll be probably one that we won't. Everyone's looking at Messi, but I'm not sure whether he's going to be the one. My my feeling is Cristiano Ronaldo. I think his time's done at Real Madrid. Uh, he's sort of not. Would he spe- do it? Oh, why not? I don't, people keep on talking about the love affair with Manchester United. The love affair was with Alex Ferguson, mm. and Fergie's not there anymore. So he wouldn't want to be moving to Manchester United with a Van Gaal there, or even the Jose Mourinho. I don't think he hankers to play for Jose Mourinho either. So I think Man City, uh, if it could be portrayed in a, as the project for Ronaldo, <laughs> and he's the highest paid player well, and all that sort of stuff. He's at the age where a project is uh, in the offing. He, he would be, I tell you, he's great in Spain. He's great in the Champions League. He will be absolutely unbelievable mm. well, in, there are, in England. I guess there are precedents. Fat boy, fat Ronaldo. He, he <laughs> went from Barcelona to Real Madrid. And um, so, the, the, you think he'll go the right? No, no, I'm yeah. saying that someone like like Cristiano, the idea of of, of uh, not going to Man United because he's quite loyal yeah. to, to that brand, maybe going to Man City, you know, that thing could could be could be something that appeals to him. Yeah. Let's take a break now. Come back with a bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I can't see how one kebab can make the difference between beating one or three men, or running from box to box, or scoring a goal. Bloody hell, in Scotland I had haggis and we won the double. This has been a profound Paul Gascoigne moment by the four Diego's. Up after the Diego's, it's all night appetite with Darren Park and boys. The Melbourne Games uh, this weekend in the A-League. Melbourne victory take on Western Sydney Wanderers uh, in Melbourne at 7.30 on Saturday. Wanderers to win. Good team. I think victory Good team. at home, but geez, I'm worried about victory at the moment. And then Newcastle Jets and uh, Melbourne City on Sunday at five. Four yeah. Yeah, yeah, City. City for sure. All right, that's it. Thanks for your company tonight, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. So remember, Cuddlosh. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We're, we're there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We're, we're, we're there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We're, we're, we're there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We're, we're there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.